Hello and welcome to Collision Cast, Fender Bender's official podcast, helping collision repair shop operators make money, save money, and work smarter. I'm Paul Hodowanik, staff writer for Fender Bender. Today we've got a great episode for you. Daryl Amberson and Jason Zies of Lemetri's Collision join our digital multimedia editor, Noah Brown, to talk about what shops need to do in order to get ahead of the technology curve and how they can make ADOS developments work for them. It's a great interview with Noah. I'm going to let him take it away from here. So enjoy. Really within the last five years, there's been kind of this explosion of new advanced technology in the automotive industry, whether that be uh, electric vehicles, autonomous vehicles, uh, ADOS developments, so partly autonomous vehicles. It just seems like it's become so much more prevalent even within the last five years. Uh, so just to kind of start off for you guys, um, how rapidly do you see these technologies progressing and how far away are we from wide scale adoption across the automotive industry for these technologies? Short answer would be it's changing extremely quickly. I think it's even Mary Barra, CEO of GM said, we're gonna see more change within five years than we have in like the last hundred years. Uh, and, and we tend to believe that. And in terms of how is the industry doing, um, in my opinion, woefully behind. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Uh, I would, uh, yeah, it, the industry has changed so much in the last five years. I mean, prior to that, we had a lot of these technologies, but they were very, you know, almost cute little add-ons to high-end vehicles. Um, now, every make and model, you would have a hard time going to a dealership anywhere in the country and purchasing a vehicle that did not have one, two, three, um, you know, safety technology systems, ADAS systems on these vehicles. Um, we have seen in the last three years, um, the percentage of vehicles that we're repairing go from a small percentage uh, that required calibrations or advanced technology uh, safety repair work to today, I mean, well over 50% of everything that we're uh, repairing requires some advanced technology repair as well. That kind of answers my next question a little bit right there for you, but you mentioned uh, that Lemetri's kind of got on the ADOS bandwagon uh, a few years ago. What prompted that change? And up until this point, how successful has that been for you guys? We were looking at things changing and uh, looking at various methodologies of addressing it, including using third-party scanning services and some things like that. And um, our company's been one or one part of our vision statements, uh, talks about leading the automotive repair industry. We were more inclined to want to maintain control of that type of work rather than turn it over to somebody else. And and frankly, as we see some of the predictions of uh, how much uh, as a percentage of the typical repair this work is going to entail, that we really didn't want to be subletting an increasingly uh, larger size proportion of the the repair work that we do. Um, And another concern that we had when you start working with third-party entities, you're you're turning over, uh, you're relying on their expertise of somebody, frankly, sitting in a cubicle hundreds of miles away, if not more. And that's a good solution for some, nothing against that model. Uh, but it concerned us what happens when you start running into some variables and some pitfalls, unexpected issues. Um, we prefer to have the expertise in-house uh, to do as much as possible on our own. Yep. So you mentioned a little bit, but it seems that there's 
a little bit of hesitancy in the industry to adapt or adopt some of these, you know, new technologies and the capabilities of repairing these technologies, just because up until recently, shops have been able to get by doing so, you know, ignoring, you know, ADOS technology, ignoring uh, autonomous vehicles, electric vehicles, and really just focusing on ICE vehicles. At what point will that become no longer viable? Years ago, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, we started, you know, you know, I started out as a, an automotive mechanical technician, uh, worked my entire career uh, either in a mechanical shop that, that did a lot of uh, collision sublet work uh, in the last 13, 14 years, uh, actually working uh, with a collision, in a collision shop with Lumetri's. Um, so I was always aware, having that mechanical background, the importance of using a, some type of diagnostic scan tool to identify concerns on a vehicle. Um, and I was aware that there were so many fault codes and issues that needed to be rectified with Audi Dashlight early on. Um, so when the industry started to awaken and started talking about you know, post-repair scans and then the pre and post-repair scans, late 14 and most of 2015, yeah, we were already on board with that. We were already, you know, made our decision that we're going to scan every single vehicle pre and post. And at that time, we were also um, fully invested in looking at the future, um, knowing that change in our industry does take time and we needed to be ahead of that. And at that time is when we really started to look at some of these more advanced, the ADAS technologies that were see on some of the higher end vehicles and we knew that it was coming the oes had started to talk about you know the safety systems that they were developing for release in the next few years and uh so we were ahead of that ahead of the curve on that and then you know 2018 is when you know the toyota safety sense and another number of the other manufacturers really started to uh, equip their full line of vehicles with this technology uh we didn't want to be behind the ball so we were on we were on board uh, early on ready to tackle that how difficult was, oh, sorry, go ahead. I would equate uh, not doing this type of work to going boating or golfing in a lightning storm. Uh, you can get away with it a number of times, but if you don't, the consequence, consequences are big. And so for those shops not doing it, maybe you are getting away with it for the most part. Uh, maybe some of your customers aren't engaging some of these systems, but frankly, we've seen a number of examples that, um, could be catastrophic safety issues. For example, radars that are out of calibration uh, enough that might be seeing low bridges and applying the emergency braking system as you approach a bridge. And, and strange things like that, that could be catastrophic. So for, for your shop in particular, it hasn't been like a rapid transition. As you mentioned, uh, you know, part of your mission statement is to lead the auto industry. You've been kind of uh, slowly getting on the bandwagon or at least slowly adapting with it as it has changed over the last five or six years. Uh, so it, it seems like it might have been an easier transition per se than if you like decided you're going to try and start now. What were some of the hard parts of getting, whether that's um, proper training, proper repair guides from OEMs, uh, just what were some of the challenges of updating your shop to be more tech focused? Well, I would say, you know, obviously, you know, the technology, uh, you know, the, the diagnostic equipment, the targets, the factory scan tools, all of those things and the training, those were all difficult. But, uh, and I'll let Daryl expand upon this. Um, our biggest challenge was educating not only our own employees, but the other 
uh, other entities that we deal with on a daily basis, getting them to accept this completely new way that is required to repair the cars. It was the adaption, the adoption of uh, getting our people to buy in that these expensive high-tech repairs that you cannot see need to be done. We find uh, implementing the process as challenging as getting your arms around the technology in an MSO environment. So in other words, it requires a lot of education of our own people, education of insurers and others and customers. Um, the repair information for the most part is out there, but it takes some work. It requires that technicians read a lot, do a lot of studying, look up a lot of things, um, and then get the collision people on board, which doesn't always come naturally to them. It's, it's, a, it's a different environment, uh, a different uh, set of terminologies, uh, a different logical thought process. And so getting everybody to uh, embrace it is a bit of a challenge. And, and frankly, the insurers um, don't put as much effort into educating themselves. They don't as often, they're not looking at fact repair procedures. Typically in repair, they're usually relying on the shop to do it. So we really have learned that uh, the onus is on us to be able to prove the necessity of what we're doing. I think I already know the answer to this question, but uh, just in your opinion, uh, has the transition, has the kind of the, the the frustration of getting people up to speed, uh, learned in on these new uh, repair processes, these new technologies, has it been worth it? I'd say absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. I mean, so you have two ways of approaching. You can say, oh man, this is going to be a struggle. Or how am I going to, how am I going to, you know, how are we going to get people up to speed on this? We've taken a different approach. One, we have a ton of fun here at our technology center, um, embracing this stuff. We love teaching this. And when we have that joy in the new technology, learning it ourselves, embracing it, understanding it, and then teaching that to the rest of our staff, employees, insurers, customers, whoever wants to, you know, if they're, if they want to be, you know, have any interest in this, we want to teach them. And, you know, that joy comes across in the way that we're approaching our training of our own staff. And uh, it certainly helps with buy-in. It's a pretty cool stuff, and uh, we're having a lot of fun learning about it. It is the Wild West; it comes with its challenges, of course. Uh, but uh, gosh, it feels like we're, we're engineering a lot of our own processes. We're learning our way, finding our way. We're interacting with uh, a lot of impressive people, including from vehicle manufacturers and, and information providers and others. Um, that, uh, that we're just having a lot of fun with it. It's new. Sure, it's challenging, but it's uh, it's also very rewarding, and it feels like you're more part of the future. And, and we're contributing to building that future. And kind of changing gears here a little bit for shops that are interested in getting on board now and kind of investing in that future, but have waited or are kind of procrastinated in doing so and are really starting from scratch. Just as, as a shop that has done that and done it successfully up to this point, uh, where would you recommend starting? Where would you say, okay, if you're trying to kind of get up to speed, this is what you need to do. You know, it's no different than any other segment of the, of our repair. I mean, if you don't work on a lot of Mercedes, don't go and buy the fancy Mercedes, you know, tools, right? If, if that's not yours, you need, you need to almost specialize in something. So look at what, you know, your, your main vehicles you're repairing are. And, uh, you know, that's where you have to make that first step. 
and make that first step, you know, as easy and enjoyable and profitable for yourself to do that. So yes, we, we started out with just, uh, you know, simply working on the Toyota safety sense items. You know, we, we purchased their targets well before those systems were mandated on the cars. Uh, we became comfortable, familiar. We understood these systems. We understood how to repair them properly. And that just led from one manufacturer to the next manufacturer. Um, there are um, tools out there that are, you know, more of an aftermarket or, a, you know, one tool solution. Um, those are great options. Um, but, uh, you know, there is no perfect tool. There is no perfect diagnostic platform that covers everything. There are you know, standalone aftermarkets that do a good job at a lot of things. Um, and we have a number of those, but we also have, you know, heavily invested in OE tooling to make sure that we have the correct information every single time. But you have to start somewhere and uh, you have to look at, you know, your business model, what you're, what you're repairing. And uh, that's your first step. Increasing amount of information out there that you can use to start with. ICAR has some very good classes right now. That that's a very good starting point. Some vehicle manufacturers, some aftermarket tool companies uh, are also getting on board with some good training and instruction that uh, can really help you get started. Kind of taking a step back here, looking at uh, I guess the broader picture of the industry as we're moving forward. It seems that obviously you know these technologies are here to stay, and they've been here to stay for quite some time at this point. Uh, we're moving away from, uh, you know, or I guess moving toward uh, fewer, more expensive repairs with uh, all these technologies that are on board. Uh, just in the next five to 10 years, what do you think are going to be some of the biggest challenges facing um, not just collision shops, but auto shops in general with the adoption of this technology? It's it's getting our entire industry up to speed. I mean, there, you know, our industry the automotive repair industry in whether it's retail mechanical collision aftermarket modification it is a huge industry and we've been fixing cars the same way for a very very long time um change is difficult for everyone um but you we need to be open-minded and willing to to make that jump um it used to be with uh, you know the electronics on vehicles you know um you know, updating uh, software for transmission shift issues, you know, um, things like that. The retail mechanical world was uh, ahead of the game. They were ahead of the curve, of, you know, ahead of it than uh, the collision side um, because they were doing these types of repairs, flashing computers and updating modules. Uh, that has definitely changed um, because now these new vehicles, they may not need the retail repair right away, but people do smash their cars, you know, right off the lot and we need to know how to fix them and, and repair them properly. Um, so I, I think that the collision side, we're doing a, you know, we're doing a good job and, and the collision industry is doing a good job of trying to get everybody up to speed and aware of what's, what we're dealing with now and what's coming in the future. Um, I do believe though that the retail mechanical world is behind and uh, they're the ones that are really, need to pay close attention starting immediately. I don't remember uh, if you guys, uh, what, what exactly what panel you'll be on um, for the ADAPT Summit, um, but just uh, over this three-day event that'll be happening in December uh, for the people who are going to be coming in, who are trying to learn from some of the, you know, kind of the 
people on the, on the front edge, cutting edge of these technological developments, whether that be uh, aftermarket repairs or from the OEMs themselves, what do you hope that they take away from this summit? I think the importance of embracing it and that it doesn't have to be as intimidating as some people tend to believe it is. Yeah, yeah, I would say the same thing, you know, that that this this doesn't need to be, you don't need to, you know, look at this as some daunting task, some daunting change in our industry. I mean, we, we're having fun with this. Um, we're enjoying this. Um, are, is it, it can be a struggle. Yes, it can. And the learning curve can be steep at times. But as long as, you know, you just embrace it and accept it and do the best that you can, um, you know, you can have great success with the new technologies and the new era of repairing vehicles. It really seemed, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. Just doing it. Um, you know, you can take classes and, and those are great, uh, help you get started. But frankly, uh, such a significant part of this is just reading factory repair information and following their instruction and going through it. The more you do it, the more competent you will become. And it really seems like it, we're kind of in the middle of this uh, period where, you know, um, you know, it, it, as you mentioned, just a, a big shift for the automotive industry it started about five years ago, and it looks like it's going to keep going uh, for at least the next uh, few years, at least if not over the next decade. Uh, just overall, just kind of wrap it up here. Uh, how optimistic are you for the state of the, uh, it, specifically for you guys, the collision repair industry, but just the automotive industry in general? How optimistic are you moving forward? I'd say very optimistic. I mean, predictions are that accident frequency will decline, severity will increase because of the new technologies, and the industry will be about the same at the end of the day in terms of sales, overall sales. Um, I have a great deal of faith in the ability of humans to err and find new ways to do it. And so I'm even more optimistic than that. I, I think, you know, there are things going on out there. For example, a lot of people starting to become quite dependent upon some of these features, which means they're not paying attention to some other things and, and having some collisions as a result of that. I, I think we're gonna be fixing collision uh, for a long time and I think it's gonna be a pretty healthy market. Yeah, I'm very optimistic as well. I mean, I started my career where vehicles, you know, needed a lot of maintenance. I mean, every 30,000 mile, miles, you were doing a 30K service on a vehicle, 30, 60, 90K services. Um, as vehicles become more reliable and technology and the, the actual, you know, the parts of, of the vehicle become more reliable, um, that maintenance has, has dwindled. But what we're seeing here now is this, this new technology. There's the new maintenance. The number of vehicles that we see that have touchscreens that don't act properly or need an update or, you know, all of this electronic features in a vehicle, that's the new maintenance. That's the new repair. So, I'm very optimistic. I mean, we're not going to be doing as many, you know, timing belts or, you know, head gaskets, those type of large repairs that the industry has been used to for the, you know, a very long time. It's it's going to require a new level of technician, a, a highly skilled technician that is, uh, you know, very adept with the electronics on the vehicle. Um, so there's, there's huge opportunities moving forward.